Hey everyone, this is Podflix, episode 158. I'm Nish. I'm Willie. And I'm Paul. Hey guys. So. What's up? (laughs) Classic. (laughs) Classic Willie. Hey, Dookie. (laughs) All right. So a little later, we are going to go all Christmas movie on everyone and uh, talk about a Christmas movie that came out recently, uh, Happiest Season. Uh, but before we do that, uh, a couple things I wanted to talk about. Uh, one of them actually is by now fairly old news and I think might have even happened before our, our last uh, our last normal episode. But I did want to talk about it. And that is, of course, the um, passing of Alex Trebek. Um so as as you guys know, of course, and anybody else who knows me knows, um, I had the pleasure of meeting Alex Trebek uh, because I was a contestant on Jeopardy a number of years ago. Um, and uh, I felt very glad that I was able to do that, you know, that, that he and I were able to exchange some words. He came to me during a commercial break and asked me if he was pronouncing my name correctly, which I appreciated. Um, and I got to kind of see him in action for a full day because uh, we taped five shows that day, of which I was only on one show, but my show was the last of the day. So I got to see four other shows and got to see kind of his whole shtick and how he kind of does every episode. Um, and it was really cool. It was it was really, really neat. Um, so, you know, I think it it was interesting to me, not surprising by any means, you know, that when he passed away, you know, one, everyone was really sad and two. You know, there was a lot of people, you know, just regular people like talking about, you know, on Facebook or what have you about like, you know, their memories of like watching Jeopardy or just like how much Alex Trebek was like kind of a part of their lives that like, you know, just kind of in the background, you know, but like then all of a sudden he's gone and you really like realize how much he was sort of there during your whole life and you and you, you know, will kind of miss that. Um, Sure. I mean. Did you hear the first week they started airing it after he passed? It was like the number, like the highest ratings they ever had. Like people are tuning in for those last few episodes. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, they have they they have episodes with him through what, like a, close to Christmas, right? I, I believe. Yeah. What do you um, think about um, Ken Jennings taking his place? Um. Like, like permanently, I, I know he's going to be like the first guest host, but are, are you asking like, should he be, do I think he should be the host? I mean, like, gosh, you know, it's a show that's, you know, whatever, it's a game show and all, but like, I, I have a tough time picturing anybody filling anybody. shoes. Agreed. Like, I, I, I agree. May, maybe Ken Jennings could do it because he was on the show for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, the, the guy who's been mentioned who I would very much want to be the host, you know, if, if, you know, they're obviously, I obviously want the show to continue, um, is LeVar Burton. I, I feel like yeah. that's who I would want to be the host. I feel like he has the demeanor. I think that mm-hmm. I, I would really like, which is like a very calm demeanor, but you know, he can still kind of joke around. He can still be a little cutting as we've, you know, mm-hmm. kind of seen, like not like reading Rainbow LeVar Burton, but like LeVar Burton, you know, since then in his normal 
normal life and he, he definitely has opinions you know he's he's not shy about sharing them um so that's somebody who personally if if i i guess if i was stumping for someone that's who i would stump for but what about you paul you have any any thoughts on next host of jeopardy or just about alex trebek uh, there was like a period of time for me that was about 10 years long that like I didn't miss Jeopardy. Like we watched it every night. I'm like, I was like very into it. Um, like a lot of people were. So yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, it's, you know, he's one of those like institutions that you'd kind of think will always be there. Um, so it's a bummer. Um, but I, I think, yeah, I think LeVar Burton would be a great choice. Um, if they, if that's who they end up going with. Um, and I think that, yeah, it's 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 a really good show, and 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 it makes me want to go back and start. Like I haven't seen it in years, but it makes me want to go back and and you know start watching it or watch. I think you can stream old episodes, right? Um, you can, and and they've also been putting like little bits, like like newsworthy like episodes or sections of episodes on like since he passed away as kind of like a hey like you know like kind of a retrospective. Like they've been putting those on YouTube and stuff like that. Like I saw they had the at least the opening, I think, and like the first couple of clues to like the very first episode of Jeopardy um, wow. when, when, when it like came back as syndication and Alex Trebek was the host for the first time. That was very interesting because it was kind of cool to see how different the like his style was, like how he kind of like and, and it was also interesting because like in the beginning, he kind of talked through the rules very quickly and it really like. You know, you kind of like thought that it's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, no one's done this for years because everybody knows like what a daily double is. And everybody knows that if you get the question wrong, like the point, the dollars are deducted from your score. Like that was all the kind of stuff that he was like going over. Um, He didn't take a long time to go over it, but it was just kind of interesting where it was like, this is weird. (laughs) Like acting like it's this new game that like we don't remember how to play. Um, But that was cool to see because I, I also like when I was a kid. You know, I started watching Jeopardy. I don't know, like maybe like if I'm guessing, I would say like 1988, maybe somewhere around there um, Mm -hmm. was the first time I watched it. And I don't think I realized how relatively new it was at that point, like that it it had really only been on since 1984, I believe, is when Alex Trebek started. So it's like, I definitely remember back then, like in the 80s, being at my grandparents' house and my, my Grammy and Pop Pop watching it every day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was cool seeing that first episode because like they had the old game board and it's like, oh, I remember this. Like, I remember how this looked like this. This looks very familiar to me. Well, do you guys think is, is Jeopardy the best game show of all time? <clears throat> is there something better than that? No, it's definitely the best. Like, yeah, I, I, I mean, there's been a lot that have like got some steam and then just like petered off. Like how many iteration of who wants to be a millionaire have there been? Yeah, and and even like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, like it had a cool gimmick to it, and 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 it's not bad by any means as a game show. Like you know, I I can do without all the, you know, there's one other stretching stretching on. things out that goes yeah. on forever on that show. But even even like at its purest, I don't think it really matches Jeopardy. Uh, Family Feud's been on forever and multiple hosts, and that has held up. Yeah, it's it's still entertaining. I have a friend uh, last week. Who was like, hey, just like tell me if I'm crazy. But my cousin called me last week. I don't even know this cousin, but he's very, very smart. And 
she's like, yeah, she won an audition for Jeopardy. And I was going to ask this person and this person, and this person. And they were like, you should just ask Dan to be on Family Feud. And he's like, I'm not doing that shit. And I'm like, dude, you should totally do Family Feud. <laughs> <laughs> would you guys Would you guys do do the feud if you had an opportunity? I I would. The answer is yes, but I would be scared to death because I'm bad at that show. Because I mean, that show is really anticipating what other people think, right? And that's something I am not very good at. So. I feel like yeah, I would do really yeah. terribly at it, but yeah, it's same answer for me. Like I, w- I would definitely do it, but like I don't know that I'd be that good at it. There was one you guys. You have to like, YouTube like funniest Family Feud moments. <laughs> the question was: name a word that proceeds um, pork, and everyone's saying chop, whatever, right? Um, I get this one guy, and he goes, "You pine." Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I've seen that one. It's like I think that's the funniest game show moment in the history uh, of game shows. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I feel like especially like the like the new like the newer like Steve Harvey episodes are like can oh, be quite God. funny just because his his facial expressions are just pretty hilarious most of the time. Like unlike previous hosts, I feel like he's just like if he thinks it's a bullshit answer or like, I, I especially love it when like the actual answers are bullshit. Like when it's like, <laughs> there are like eight answers on the board and nobody got answer number eight. And then like, they say whatever it is and he just gives a look like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like who, who would have come up with that? Like, like That guy has great dental work. He does <laughs> that. He does. Yeah. And, uh, and he cracks up a lot on the show, which is pretty yeah. funny too. Yeah. yeah, no, I I mean that that show definitely has lasted and is a great show. Uh, it's like Wheel of Fortune's been around forever too, but I don't think any of them stand up to Jeopardy, man. No, I mean Family Feud. I mean <clears throat> Wheel of Fortune. I feel like it's just a <clears throat> I don't know. It's Wheel a of Fortune's gone after Jeopardy, it, and Wheel of right. Fortune's gotten easier over time, which is kind of annoying. Yes, like, um, that was a, that was I, I'm familiar with it because that was the game show my parents were most fond of. Yeah, um, I liked it as a kid. I would, you know. my, my mom was my mom was really good at like word puzzles so she was really good at solving them um but it's now like or like the last time i saw it like it's so easy like they give you tons of letters and like you know they they do all this stuff like i guess to speed up the game and i don't know it's not as good when they make it easier like part of the thing is like it's got to be tough and right. i always really liked i don't know if you guys remember the old um wheel of fortune at the end when you won they would like superimpose your head and like the camera would kind of go around the prize pool and you could like spend your money right there and be like, Oh, I want the jet ski and the jukebox. And the, oh yeah, that is the, the dartboard one. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I love that part of it. <laughs> oh, Price is Right has been on forever too. You always forget about the daytime. Yeah. Shows. Price is Right is actually the first one I thought of when you, when you said that, but you know, it's like, those are just very like, they definitely are their, their, their institutions in their own right. But like, they don't, to, to me, they don't match up to Jeopardy. Like Jeopardy has a certain gravitas to it that none of those do. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and a lot, and a lot it. of that is Alex Trebek, obviously. Well, it's also incredibly hard to get on Jeopardy, and you just need to kind of win a lottery to get on the other shows, right? Yeah, that, I, and that's definitely it part takes of it too. Kind of no skill to be on the other shows, <laughs> right? You have to be, which which is kind of you know that's their charm, obviously. But like with Jeopardy, it's like a whole other deal. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And and I think Sorry. the other thing is that, like, 
kind of what you just said for specifically, I'd say for Wheel of Fortune. It's like Wheel of Fortune's like changed so much in certain ways. I mean, you know, it's still at heart the same game, obviously, but like Jeopardy hasn't changed nearly as much. Like there are some things, obviously, like, you know, when it started, they didn't have like video clues and things like that that they have now, but they don't have those like regularly. Like they have those every once in a while in a category and they change the dollar values. Um, but not too much else, right? Like, right. Like the wheel of fortune equivalent would be if they added like a bunch of special squares that like, if you got that, if you pick that clue, you know, different things happen. Like they, they, they haven't gimmicked it up. Yeah. Um, Which I think speaks to like how good the concept is of that. Right. Wheel of fortune like has like the thing I hated about wheel of fortune. This kind of gets what you were saying. It's gotten easier, but then like they also have a whole bunch of things where it's just like, it's like, like there's a really famous, um, uh, thing for Wheel of Fortune, right? Where it's like the guy solved the puzzle and he had like no letters and it, and like the, the puzzle was new baby buggy, right? And he, and he like gets it on the first try and like everyone's flabbergasted and it's impressive. But what the fuck is a new baby? Bu- is that something that anybody's ever said in their life? Like, <laughs> like what, what, like how would you get that? Like, what is that? That's like three words you've put together. And yes, like they, they make sense. They're not nonsense, but like who, who calls it? First of all, a buggy, a baby buggy. Does anyone call it a baby buggy? No. Right. Like, like forget about new. Like, yeah. She's upset about these baby buggies. What I'll, oh, the, the other thing. No, it's I'll like, say it's about. like he got, he got, uh, Pat Sajak. Sorry. I'll, I'll finish up and then, uh, and then you talk. Like, Pat Sajak got, got really mad this week, right? For like, at a contestant who like won one of the uh, puzzles and then like kind of called out wheel of fortune for the puzzle not making sense it was like the the clue was like everything had to start it, it was like items with that like it, it's like words that pro- proceed kitchen so it's like the mm-hmm. answers were like it was like cabinet like something else like oven and sink and at the end he was like what's a kitchen oven like who calls it that <laughs> like and like pat zajac like kind of got mad at him and then like kind of had to apologize afterwards for getting mad at him um about it because it's like yeah that's like what kind of bullshit is that like it's like do do we call it like the bathroom toilet to differentiate it from like some other toilet like is it the kitchen is it the kitchen oven because these are all people who have like fucking like kilns somewhere like they're like firing up like clay um one of the things that's changed in jeopardy in more recent times or maybe i'm just picking up on it is just um player strategy I mean, it was obvious with who's the guy this last year that just like won a bajillion dollars. Uh, James Holzhauer. Right. Like he obviously was just like hunting for the daily double. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I feel like more recently strategy in picking clues and wagering, it's gotten down to a science where before it was it was kind of a game show and now it's a straight up game. Right. Yep. Yep. It is. there, And there's definitely sort of like. There, there's definitely an element of kind of solving the meta game of Jeopardy. Did you, before you went on this, did you like read up on betting strategies and I, strategies? And I all that wish stuff? I had read up on betting strategies because then I would have won my game <laughs> if I if I had bet with the op, what like the amount I'm supposed to have bet given what everybody else had. I would have won because I would have bet very little, which is what I was supposed to bet, and everyone would have lost, which is what they did, and then I would have had the most money. How um, I don't know if you remember, Nish, like how nervous were you in the moment or like were you in the zone of doing it or was it like 
because I, my my fear in those kind of situations is like being under pressure and I'm just going to freeze up and my brain's going to stop working and I won't think of anything. Cindy Brady it. Uh, it was it was a mix, I would say. Um I was nervous. So um when the show started or when the episode started, I did not buzz in. Well, I buzzed, but I didn't, you know, buzz in first. Uh so I, I didn't get called on to answer a question until like I don't know, like 10 clues had passed. That was definitely nerve wracking where it's like, I'm not getting in. <laughs> like, like, am I going to answer a question? Uh, and so it was like, it's like a good, like, you know, three minutes into the show when I finally answer a question and I get it right. And then like in double jeopardy, I think I got on a roll a little bit and then it felt a lot more natural at some point where I was just kind of like buzzing in, doing clues, like that kind of thing. Um, and then final jeopardy felt very nerve wracking the whole time. Cause you have time to sort of like think about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, like the, the sinking feeling when the clue came up and it's like, I have no idea what the answer to this is. I don't <laughs> even have a guess. And then you're like, I'm just sitting here. I don't even know what to put down. Like, this is not how I expected this would go. I, I assume <laughs> you remember your final jeopardy clue. Oh yeah. <laughs> was John Updike was the answer, right? No, but it involved John Updike. Uh, okay. It was the only question you got wrong, right? It was. Yes. Uh, that, that's the other thing that I, I don't know if I regret it because you know, what the fuck? Like I would have gotten, I would have gotten that question wrong no matter what. So chances are I would have lost no matter what, like, unless I had bet something different, but I think I could have gotten more dollars, more points, whatever you want to call it going into final jeopardy. Um, I was, I think $200 off the lead going into Final Jeopardy. I, if I remember correctly, the uh, champion had $15,000 going into Final Jeopardy, and I had 14800 And the thing was, I never buzzed in on a question if I didn't like know the answer like at the time that I buzzed in. And in hindsight, I think there were questions where I should have... It's hard to do this, but like... If you if if like when he's reading it, you're like, I think I know this, like I should have just tried to buzz in and trusted that my mind would like figure out the rest, like in the time it took him to call on me and like the time I had. But like Mm -hmm. instead, like if I didn't like have it in my head already, I wasn't buzzing in. And so I think there were like a lot of potential money I left on the table. The flip side of that is that, like you said, whenever I buzzed in, I got it right. Like whenever I was called on, like I never gave a wrong answer. So people are probably going crazy now. What was your final Jeopardy clue? So the category was 1950s fiction. Oh, dear and Lord. The, yeah. And the clue was, uh, let me see if I can remember the, the exact uh, wording. Um, John Updike wrote Rabbit Run in 1960, partially in response to this more freewheeling novel, Published three years earlier. Wow. Yep. The, the the best chance that I had, in retrospect, knowing the answer, the best chance that I had would be to completely throw away the clue and just think, what do you think of when you think of 1950s fiction? And like that, that, that would have been a better idea. Like I would have had a better chance than what if was I the had. The, the the question in the end was uh what is on the road it was it was on the road jack Kerouac. 
and nobody got it right. To, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, it had that like crossword freewheeling clue in there, and I was like yep, trying to think. Yep, yep. The the freewheeling thing, I think you know, you, you if you were in the right mindset, that could give you a bit of a clue. But you know, again, not necessarily. Not that much. Um, I don't know if we ever talked about would, this. Would, by it, the way, it would, it would it would also help. Like I didn't know. Like I hadn't read Rabbit Run. And I didn't really know what it was about. I think if you know what it's about, it might be a clue. It's basically like Rabbit Run. I'm, I'm, you know, I still haven't read it. I, I know this from like a Wikipedia summary. Um, but it's basically about like a about a father, I believe, who like basically like leaves his family and goes out and like goes to like see America. But it's not about him so much as it's like the devastation he leaves behind by doing that. Kind of uh, like okay. it, like it's yeah, and so that's you know, I guess it kind of makes sense that it's in response to on the road. It's kind of like, yeah, like you're romanticizing this, but like here's like what it really looks like. <laughs> so, um, my great grandmother was divorced back in like the twenties, and she married a guy named Paul Updike, who is John Updike's first cousin. Really, that's yeah. awesome. So, um, when he passed. In probably 1988, um, 87, something like that. My great grandmother was also, and Paul were prolific hoarders. Uh, so my dad had to clean out Paul's um, like office, and um, amongst other things, has ton had tons of handwritten letters from John Updike to him. Oh wow! Uh, so my dad tried to write John Updike a letter and was basically like, hey, like we have you, all these do, things. Do, do you, you want, want these? them back? Yeah. yeah. And John Updike at that point and still is, um, I think he's had some stalkers or some weird <laughs> shit and was thinking my dad was trying to sell them. And my dad was just like, no, man, like I don't want anything. Like if you want them, just like I'll send them to you. And he's like, nah, I don't want anything. Basically, he was kind of a dick. So now I doubly hate John Updike because, <laughs> you know, he screwed he screwed you over too with that question. That's right. And I'm I was, I'm looking up John Updike <laughs> to see uh how old would he have been at that time? Looks like he was in his mid fifties. So hey, back in so, you said like nineteen eighty seven or around yeah, then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So Nish, you were on Jeopardy. Willie, if I was. you had to if you had to appear on a game show, what game show would you pick? The Mass Singer. <laughs> <laughs> does, that even, does that even count? <laughs> like, I, I love the idea of unmasking. It's like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, uh, I'm I'm just some guy. <laughs> like walk off the stage. <laughs> Family Feud would be fun. I don't know. I, I I don't think I like any of these newfangled the newfangled ones. The um, Ellen's Game of Games or that kind of shit. You know. Or oh, when I was I a know. kid, I I really wanted to be on Double Dare. That would have been dope. Yeah, I was uh, I was I was going to suggest you be on the floor as lava. <laughs> Wipeout. Ah, uh, yes. Wipeout. You could, if you have a death wish, you could be on the, I didn't even know that they were, um, redoing Wipeout. Did you? died, right? Yes. Yeah. So TBS, I believe is, uh, is kind of rebooting. Do you call it a reboot for a game show? I don't even know. Revival. Rebooting Wipeout. And, uh, yeah. And they were filming and, uh, one of the contestants, uh, died. I, I think he was, he was having, 
I read about this and now I don't remember what happened. I don't think it was actually game show related. He was like having chest pains and shit during the filming of it. Right. And then he had cardiac arrest in the hospital and that was that. But uh, it it happened while he was competing. Right. Right. Exactly. So. uh, I don't know. How about you, Paul? I mean, after hearing your mini flicks on. um, Hole in the wall. Hole in the wall. I kind of. I'd be kind of compelled to give that a whirl. Fear factor? Would you would would you ever do fear factor? No fucking all, way. First of all, Willie, we're too tall for hole in the wall. That's a short man's game. Second of all, um, if if we're going classic games, the classic game I always wanted to be on was Press Your Luck, uh, <laughs> a game that ultimately talk about like getting broken. A game that ultimately went away because it got solved. Basically, people memorized right. the patterns. Yeah. Yeah, Ooh, that one guy very I would, famously. I actually know what I was. What I'd be very good at. It's that um the the ten thousand dollar pyramid or whatever that that game was. That that one I'd be good at. Where you oh. like describe the clue to the other person and you move your way up the pyramid. Yeah, yep, like ta- yep. taboo the game show. <laughs> right, that one exactly. I'd be pretty good at, but only if you were my partner, Paul. Oh, we would crush that game totally. Like we, <laughs> I don't know why when we when we do these dumb games, like we give the the most ridiculous clues nobody else would get, but we smoke it. Yeah, we would be very good at that. Uh, I, I don't even know what what game shows are on now, to be honest. Like me neither. I have a I have a lasting memory, Willie, of being of playing taboo with you in high school at at one of our friends' houses, and you and I were on the same team, and you you looked at it and you said, "This is a U two song," and I thought for like a <laughs> second and said desire and it was correct (laughs) (laughs) and everybody was like what the fuck see i give weird ass clues but it was was very much in my head my my thought process is very much like that's all he's giving me what is a one word u2 song that that you couldn't possibly like that you couldn't come up with anything else as a clue (laughs) so that's what you said (laughs) and that's what i came up with (laughs) Uh, i mean i have have a a gift for words (laughs) My best taboo memory was Willie and I playing, and Willie was giving me clues. And he looked at it, and he looked at me, and he just said, "Name the continents, bitch." <laughs> That's you awesome. Pr- you probably got it right. <laughs> yep. That's a fantastic clue. <laughs> oh boy! All right, let's uh, let's 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 talk about this movie that we watched. Let's. Uh, wrap up our game show talk this has been game show corner <laughs> we'll we'll move on to our movie so the movie we watched was um happiest season uh which uh is uh streaming on hulu and uh happiest season is basically a christmas romantic comedy more or less that's that's kind of the way i would describe it um and uh it stars um uh, a lot of people I like it. Uh, it stars. Uh, it's it stars Kristen Davis and Kristen Davis. No, it doesn't star Kristen, <laughs> Kristen Davis. Stewart. Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis. It's nice. Kristen Davis is a real person too. She is not in this movie. Um, Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis are a uh, gay couple. Uh, they're both, I assume, twenty somethings um, who are going home. Uh, Kristen Stewart is going home to meet uh, Mackenzie Davis's parents uh, over Christmas. And um, the twist, besides the fact that they're a same-sex couple, is that on the way there, um, Mackenzie Davis tells Kristen Stewart that basically, um, so I haven't come out to my parents, and they don't know about you, and all they know is that you are my roommate, and they think you're straight, like me, even though neither of us are straight. 
and 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 an orphan. <laughs> yes, which she actually, which I she mean, actually she's, is. Yeah, I mean, she's an orphan in that her parents have both died. She's not an orphan in that like they didn't die when she was like a tiny kid or anything like that. Um, but yes, that she is repeatedly referred to as an orphan during the first half of this movie. I don't think they made it clear whether she was actually an orphan, that her parents had actually died. They say it later on. They they, they yes. mention it a couple times, and then towards the end of the movie, she mentions about how her parents died when she was nineteen. Um, and well, she, she said that to uh, Harper's parents. Yeah, she but never, she, yeah, she, acknowledge it she says it at the end to her friend John. She mentioned she hasn't yeah. mentioned the nineteen part, but she says about how her parents loved Christmas and we did everything for Christmas. And it's like once they died, like I just uh, kind of okay. couldn't do it anymore because yeah. it just reminded me that they weren't there anymore. So okay. it makes it sound like the whole nineteen thing was real. And also, like I don't think she really, other than the stuff she is asked explicitly to lie about, I don't think she actually lies about anything in here like like i kind no, of assumed very most of the stuff clear she says. when she's lying in this movie. right because she's a horrible liar right so anyway um the the so so the movie kind of goes from there um it has a uh very big uh supporting cast um including uh dan levy uh allison brie uh aubrey plaza uh mary holland uh victor garber mary steenbergen um i think i got everybody all the, all the main players, so to speak, uh, in, in the movie. So, um, let me start by asking you, I'm not, I'm not going to go into the whole plot and all that, you know, basically hijinks ensue more or less, and everybody learns a valuable lesson. It's a Christmas movie. Um, first question for you. Um, do you guys watch generally these kinds of Christmas movies? Um, it would, and what I mean by that, obviously is like, I watch Christmas movies. I, I was going to like say I'm not a Christmas movie person. And then I realized, well, I am like, I watch like home alone and like a Christmas story and like shit like that. I've watched that a million times, but Christmas rom-coms, not my thing. So I guess yeah. my question is, is it your thing? I don't know if it's my thing, but I've seen them. You've I seen watched a whole that, bunch. that horrible Reese Witherspoon and um, Christmas movie with um, Vince Vaughn. Right. Those are the kind of movies I'm talking about. Absolutely. Or, or like, yeah. uh, the the holiday that's a movie right um <laughs> <I> like it <laughs> i think i think there's the one with like cameron diaz and jack black or something like that can't believe I a mean, movie like that existed you guys <laughs> know i love love actually which i think you both hate right and love actually kind of is probably the the sort of i'm gonna put ideal in quotes but kind of the ideal of this movie i, I don't actually mean that it's like the best version but it's like kind of the most famous version is is sure. maybe what i really mean yeah, I don't I don't really watch these movies. I mean, I've seen Love Actually. I I, I don't hate it, but I think it's over, I think it's pretty overrated, but I don't hate it. Um but other than that, yeah, that's one of the things is um watching this movie is I don't really know the tropes of these kinds of movies. And I and I say that with the notion that I feel like Christmas rom-coms if you want to call them like are kind of have kind of their own subgenre that have kind of their own their thing own going tropes on. yeah yeah like there's stuff i was willing to let like the stuff i was willing to let go that maybe i wouldn't otherwise be willing to let go it's like all right like like they christian stewart gets her character character gets put into a ridiculous position but it's like all right well hijinks need to happen and like right kind of that's also kind of a, to happen yeah that's also kind of like just a romantic comedy trope like period like a rom-com trope is like the main character or one of the main characters getting put in a ridiculous situation through some series of misunderstandings like that happens a lot in, yeah, in rom-coms. 
the gay yeah. the, the the gay best friend which comes up here is also a big one too it was interesting here because the main characters are also gay so that that was kind of it was interesting to see the gay best friend show up while having it's like but everyone's well not everyone but you know what i mean the the protagonists are also gay no i think i think you're right but i think when it comes in my mind at least when it comes to christmas movies you have to let your tolerance even increase more like the situations are going to be even wackier like the stuff's going to be kind of even more ridiculous the movie's going to be even sappier at the end like it's kind of everything dialed up to 11 in my mind right i mean one thing i'll say thinking about it um i i you know peeling back the curtain for a second i finished this movie about an hour and a half before we started to record so it's pretty fresh in my memory but it also means that i haven't had a huge chance to really think back on it um but it occurs to me that this movie isn't much of a Christmas movie, is it? I mean, it takes place at Christmas, obviously. And there is some lip service given to like what Christmas means in the beginning of the movie and in the end of the movie. And there are things going on that have to do with Christmas. There is a big party. The presents have to be bought for this party. There's stuff like that. But it's not really. Otherwise, it's like way more of like a meet the parents kind of movie. Than, and like Christmas is just the vehicle for like why they are meeting the parents. Like it's a, it's much more of like, I hope my family, I hope your family likes me. And then a whole bunch of misunderstandings happening and that kind of thing. And like the Christmas part doesn't really, to me, seem to enter into it all that much, except that it happens to be like when the movie takes place. And like I said, there is, there's some Christmassy stuff given, you know, in the very beginning and very end of the movie. Yeah, but is I there that, other, but well, I think, I think you're right, but I think that the Christmas is basically a framework for this movie that allows a lot of things to happen in this movie without further explanation. Like we're going to have a big party. The whole family is going to be at the house. Like we don't have to explain those things. It's just Christmas. So we can do them. Right. And, and, and all the friends and that, that from high school and all that kind of stuff. That's a good point. I mean, that, that, that is a good point. And, and that is, (laughs) I'm going to use the word realistic acknowledging that this is not a realistic movie, but like that, that the reason for that happening is realistic that it's like, right. Like the holidays is when everybody in your town would be around again, all of a sudden. And also when you would have like parties with like your, you know, relatives or like people who you've invited over every year, like your yearly holiday party and stuff like that. Like that, that, that is a thing that, that makes sense. So I take that a step further though. Yes. Please. So if it's not particularly a Christmas movie, I don't think it was particularly romantic nor particularly funny either. So what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> um, I, 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 I thought this movie was funny. I, what was fun? Like, give me a give me a part where you actually laughed. Um, I laughed at most of the things that Dan Levy was doing. I laughed. I agree. At <laughs> like he was talking he was the on the phone with like the dead fish and like I, trying I, to I, buy I, a new I, fish. I also but he was on I, screen so little. I like, also he, liked. He, um, I I thought Mary Holland's character was pretty funny. That the, Jane, the third sister, of like like just the running joke of her always being shunted off to the side, or like every time she shows up, the parents being like, "Oh, the internet's not working again," or like, "Oh, my printer's jammed," and she like and that kind of thing. And I also liked her, like her, what whatever that fantasy book that she's writing, like her constantly <laughs> trying to explain it to people and just using these like ridiculous words, like the glooms and the flaxes or whatever she was talking about. And I kind of like the payoff, not not the end when she's reading the book, 
but the payoff when she's talking to Dan Levy on Christmas morning and he's like, right, because of the Thoraxian, like, you know, they're like, like, he like totally gets what she's saying. And she's like, yeah, exactly. I guess that really just cuts to the chase for me with the movie is, um, there were parts of this, there were, there, there were small parts of this movie that were kind of, kind of funny ish, but I, I didn't find the movie particularly funny. And I didn't find it particularly romantic, so I, I struggled. And I didn't find it to be a particular Christmas movie, so I, I, I kind of had a tough time finding my anchor to enjoy the movie. Yeah, I, I, I definitely understand that. I think this this discussion, I think, is this is a movie better discussed when we lay our cards on the table to an extent, rather mm-hmm. than rather than like waiting until the end. I mean, we'll wait until the end to give it, you know, a score or whatever. But like, I think um, the way I felt about this movie is. Um, I, I guess I'll say I liked this movie despite, despite myself to, to some extent, like, like it's not my kind of movie and I don't mean the Christmas thing. I mean, I don't like movies and this is maybe like me getting old, but like, I don't like movies where like people are like withholding information and just kind of acting shitty to other people. Like, it, like it, it just, and, and there's a lot of that in this movie, like not, I mean, some like the the family is fairly unlikable, with the with the exception of the loopy sister that we just talked about, um, and even Harper Mackenzie Davis's character is fairly unlikable through most of this movie, and like in a way where it's like I had to like tell myself a million times that it's like she's probably in her mid twenties, like people kind of act this way, they can be very self centered, but like you know, it like you really feel like through most of the movie, at least I did. Like, it's like, oh. fuck Kristen Stewart. Like, just get out of there. Like, she's yeah. treating me I like shit. Tell you like how many times, like <laughs> I, I like said to Margarita in the middle, I'm like, I fucking hate this whole family. Yeah. Like, I, I, I hate this whole family. Yeah. That said, um, I thought Alison Brie was, her character was despicable, but I thought her acting was great. She plays it like a really good mean bitch. Yeah. No, I, I thought, a lot of the acting in this was actually quite good for a romantic yeah. comedy. I mean, they're also all actresses, you know, for the most part, they're actresses that I like in a lot of things. Mackenzie Davis, Alison Brie and Aubrey Plaza are people who I like in pretty much everything yeah. they're in. Um, the other thing I thought was, you know, I, I think I mentioned this to one of you guys offline a while when we were deciding to watch this movie is that um, I watched like a little bit of like last year's Charlie's Angels reboot um, with Kristen Stewart in it. And then I watched this and I realized that like, I think I like Kristen Stewart, which is not a thing I expected to say, but like, <laughs> I, I am like liking her more and more as I see her and stuff like more recently. Um, and I liked her in this a, a fair amount. Um, I, and I think that's why I liked the movie is that I don't know how I felt about like the plotting of it, but I felt like the acting was good enough that it carried me through anyway. Um, you know, you, you, you mentioned Dan Levy, Paul, and I think, you know, he's, he's fantastic in everything, every little thing he's in, like he really, you know, brings a kind of, you know, like a breath of fresh air to the movie every time he shows up. And so it's, it's great that he is in a decent amount of like the last act of the movie. Whereas up to that point, you've just seen him in little fits and starts. Uh, I mean, I also kind of felt that way about Aubrey Plaza. Like she's not necessarily funny, like she would be in other things, but I think she is, she has a real spark to her character. I think mm-hmm. that is like welcome because everybody mm-hmm. else is like kind of miserable through a fair amount of this movie. Like the two leads are both miserable in their own way through most of this movie. 
for different reasons. I mean, she seems to be the only one of the crew who's accepted who she is. Right. All of who she is, right? So she walks around with a different different sense of confidence than anybody else that hits the screen. Yeah. Yeah, there's 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 definitely that. Um it, it makes her an attractive character to watch. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I definitely agree with you on that. So we both kind of talked a little bit about sort of what we felt about this in a way. So Paul, you want to put your cards down a little bit and talk a little bit about what you liked or didn't like? Yeah, so so I think I I Sounds like I probably like this movie more than you guys did. I think that um, I this this movie for me was like mostly like how to describe it. Like there were a few infuriating moments, um, yes. two in particular that stand out very strongly for me, um, and otherwise, yeah. like you know, I was I think I was I had mentally kind of buckled up for a kind of a like you know um you know accept uh accept the kind of the, the ridiculous premise on its face type of movie because i i was anticipating that's what i was going to get like um like I, I i kind of came into this movie expecting like you know something not much better than like a you know like a hallmark christmas movie or whatever um and so maybe that you know softened me up to like it a lot more but i but I think a lot of the people in the movie I liked, like, like you guys mentioned, um, like I won't apologize. Like I, 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 I think I mentioned this like, um, last time, but like, you know, this, this post twilight phase of Christian Stewart's career, like I think is great. Um, I really like it. Um, yeah. Aubrey Plaza, who you guys mentioned, like steals every scene that she's in. Um, and, um, the, the family is like the the family is like kind of horrible, but like I think that um, they they earn they do they do a better job than I was expecting earning some of their moments. Um, and um, to like what I mean by that specifically is like you have a hard time, or I had a hard time for a lot of the movie just understanding like why. Um, why Mackenzie Davis's character like Harper, right? Um, why, yeah. like what her what her deal is? Like what? Why is she so worried to, you know, come out to her parents? And what is the deal? And she puts up that like, you know, that she has to be what her parents want her to be, or her parents will discard her. And I think that the and I think that that's borne out be, through the Sloan character who like had had already done that. Right. She had, she had been what her parents wanted her to be. And then she rejected that. And her parents like did it like their, her parents, like, like they do it throughout the movie. Like her dad, especially just like discards Sloan, like at every turn, um, just like, no, I don't need your help. Like you just be with your family. No, we don't need you. No, we don't need you. And you see like what Harper is afraid of. Um, if, if she doesn't fit into the template that her parents have established for her. And like that moment actually impressed me. Like I was not expecting the movie to hold together that well. Like, um, and, um, that part, I, that whole aspect, I quite liked in there. I want to, I want to hear about the two parts that you thought were infuriating, but before we do that, because that's kind of just talking about parts that, you know, didn't, didn't do it or, or that made you really mad. Um, I feel like another thing that I liked about this movie is, um, 
So I, I feel like what this movie reminded me of the most, and to be fair, there are probably some other movies that are more similar to it that like, I just haven't seen <laughs> like, like, like I said, these aren't my kind of movies. Um, but like, you know, it obviously has like a literal meet the parents vibe, right? Like, like significant other is going to meet the parents and also hopes to propose while he or she is there. And then totally doesn't get along with the family for reasons kind of beyond their control. Um, there's like other stuff going on. There are weird misunderstandings that like everyone thinks the wrong thing, all that kind of stuff. And meet the parents never to meet like it was always just kind of funny and it's a funnier movie i mean i'm not gonna go there but it it, because of that like it never felt i never really felt ben stiller's like conundrum there like i don't necessarily feel like you're meant to like it's kind of like oh man you're really getting shit on and then like you know and then it kind of like gets worse and worse and worse and then he leaves you know and and even the part where it's like oh man they're really not going to be together like kind of you know you're like well you know we'll just see what happens this is you know it's a comedy i really felt like in this like i really felt for Kristen Stewart and it felt very believable to me like the way that that interaction goes when she is with the family like like to the degree where it's like we've all been in those situations at at different times in our lives where we've been meeting significant others parents for the first time and I felt like it brought me back to some of those and I was like fuck I never want to have to do this again like I remember how this felt and like and it didn't go that badly but like I remember this feeling of like sometimes having to bite your tongue because you're like fuck like like what do you like what's your problem but i also want to make a good impression on you and so i can't say what i really think or like just like being like going into a world and feeling like that world is so insular and you are such an outsider in it and being like how do i even crack this like everyone seems to know each other and it's this world i'm not used to in any way shape or form like i feel like i really got that and i feel like they did that well and i feel like Kristen stewart sold that very well like that feeling of like kind of like yeah i'm just kind of here and like i'm kind of trying to put a good face on it and trying to do my best but like i'm also not really getting any help from my significant other in any way and like and no one is really trying to meet me halfway like in in the family either like they all have their own shit going on or like you know like all that kind of stuff um it it was like it made me cringe at times but it felt very very relatable and i i appreciated that um one of the things that felt really was what uh, the, the most infuriating scene for me. I don't know if it's going to be the same as you is like the scene, you know, it's like fucking three minutes in when she invites her to go with her, wakes up the next day is clearly having second thoughts and doesn't fucking just tell her right then. Hey, look, like I invited you, but here's the deal. She fucking waits until they're in the car almost all the way there and then tells her. And it's like, that is so fucking like, why would you do that? Like, why would you not just at breakfast say, look, like here, like, cause you know, you're going to have to tell her like, you're, it's, it's not like you're going to go up there and somehow keep it from her. You're going to have to tell her within a day that like, Hey, like this is the deal. Why not just tell her before you leave to give her the chance to not come? Yeah. It's, that, it's, I mean, it's just such a shitty thing to do to the person you ostensibly love. Right. That, that uh, the, the scene in the car is the scene is the first scene that I'm talking about. And, um, and my angle on it is even a little different because they bring up something and then never address it, which kind of drove me crazy, which was the fact that um, not only did Harper not tell her parents, but she lied to Abby that she did. And I it's totally, never, 
it's never brought up that she just fucking lied to her girlfriend. Right. I, I remembered like I was having a conversation in my head at one point of like, if I were Abby, like, and what I would say is it's like, I'm not pissed at you for not telling your parents. Like that's your story. Like that's your deal. Like coming out, like that's your deal. I'm pissed that you lied. Like why tell me that you did that? Like, just tell me that you didn't, that you couldn't do it. Like at the time, why would you lie to me about that? Right. And, and they, and they could have, they could have avoided it. Like she could have just assumed that her parents knew and like, oh yeah, I never told you that. I didn't tell my, like, you know what I mean? Like they, they, they created something where Harper was super shitty to Abby and then they don't bring it up again. And, and, and they kind of didn't need to. Um, and, and yeah, they should, they either should have not brought it up or they, or, or what you said, Nish, like they should have just fucking addressed it and been like, that's a really shitty thing to do to your partner is just to like lie to their face. Right. Um, because like you still like as an audience member, you still get there. Like even if they don't bring it up, you're still, you can do the math and be like, that's shitty. Like why, why would she have done that? You know? And it's like, it, it gets to probably what my biggest problem with the movie was overall, which is just that I don't feel like I got a good sense for why these two loved each other so much. Like, I feel like it was just kind of put out there. And, and like, I, I didn't like, I, like, I don't think that there was a, like, there's an opening scene with the two of them, but like, it's, I don't know. I, I didn't really like see enough. Like, like I saw there, it's like, okay, like, you know, they, they like each other, but like they like each other, you know, th- that could be like their th- third date and they're just kind of infatuated with each other. They've been together for a year and she's planning on proposing. Like I didn't see that be- like, and, and what I saw was a lot of like, you know, someone being kind of pretty shitty to, to someone else. Like the, the other scene that really infuriated me similarly to that. I don't know if it's the same scene as you, Paul is basically where she's out with her high school friends and just kind of like leaves, um, Kristen Stewart's character, Abby leaves Abby like pretty high and dry. Like, like Abby shows up and she's just kind of like, kind of blows her off like immediately. Like she's like with her high school friends and is like, kind of just like, uh, like, it's like, I've been in that situation. Like I've been in that situation on both ends. Cause like, Let's be honest, our group of friends who I love to death, but we can be a little bit of a tough nut to crack. Like, not that we're not nice, but we are very close and there are a lot of us. And I feel like someone new coming into that could be very intimidated. Uh, I think that we're nice people and we generally like are fairly welcoming, which helps. But like if, if you know, whenever I've brought someone into that mix, like I, I would never just like leave them and like hang out with you guys. And sort of just leave them to fend for themselves. Like, I would very much be, like, very cognizant of, like, hey, like, this is so-and-so. This is so-and-so here. Like, and, like, meet everybody. And, like, I recognize that, like, to all those people, she's not a significant other. She's just a friend. But it's the same deal. Like, if I was inviting a friend over, like, I would feel the same way. Where it's, like, you don't know anyone here but me. Like, I'm going to, like... Hang out, hang out close to me, and like later on, like if you feel like you want to talk to people on your own, like you can do that. But like I'm very, I don't know. It's just it's like not being a good friend or a good partner. My issue is kind of looking at it from the opposite spectrum. It, it drove me crazy that Abby was such a fucking punching bag from basically minute one in the movie. Like there was one moment, and gosh, I don't remember what preceded it, but um. I think it's when she got accused of stealing the necklace or something. And it's very clear. Everybody kind of hates her. And then then she's like, well, now I can't even go home and I'm just stuck here for the next two days because it's too expensive to get a ride. And, And like, in my mind, I'm thinking like, well, 
very the reason these people don't like you is couple there's a couple but one is because they're really big shitheads and two your girlfriend is a really big shithead and if you had any dignity you do what any 26 year old would do in this moment even if you couldn't afford to drive home then you just sit in the fucking basement and you'd hang out and, and play on instagram for two days and go home quietly right like you wouldn't keep trying and keep getting kicked in the nuts over and over and over again by these shitty people you'd just be like that's your shit fuck off I'm just going to sit in the basement or I'm going to go see a movie or whatever, but like, I'm going to do my own thing and, and like, fuck you shitty people. No, nah, she just kept showing up and getting like trampled by these terrible human beings. Yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely agree with you, Willie. I, I feel like through a decent amount of the movie, I chalk that up to like, she wants to do that, but she is trying very hard because she's like, I can't just like tell these people to fuck off. Like they are my, like basically, you know, they're basically the person I loves like family and I want them to be like accepted by them, you know, and, and like to a degree, like for a while, her plan is still like I plan to ask them if it's okay. like, well, she's probably given up on the ask them part, but she still wanted her, you know, to, to like propose to her. Like, I have no idea if she just gave that up immediately or not. But but in, in that moment, the only way that that her relationship with them was ever going to turn around was what ultimately did happen right which is harper's like it fesses up to the whole thing but she had no control yeah like she 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 would have been better off just sitting doing kind of what she did to some uh um aspect which was like leaving getting drink drinks yeah like going out but then she still went out and got the fucking gift and was like gonna try and participate it's like what are you doing just like i i moonwalk out of that situation right grace i i I do feel you're just showing up for shit i i do i do agree with you that i feel like at the point where everyone was basically accusing her of stealing like that's the point where you don't have to like make a big thing out of it and like be like fuck all y'all or whatever but like i feel like that would be the point to be like you know it's not very like i'm i'm a guest here like i didn't steal anything and i don't know why you wouldn't believe me like i feel like that it's not nice at all like the way that you're treating me right now like i feel like you could you could talk about it that way and i feel like i like she didn't even stand up to them she could have just avoided them and called the i know it wouldn't make a very compelling movie (laughs) but like you know that that aspect of like I really think that's what most 26 year old kids would do now is they'd be like, you know what? I'm just going to go play on the internet for two days and avoid you people. And I'll catch you later. Right. And I'll still try and date. I'll still see if I can salvage this relationship, which is in the dumper because my girlfriend is out with her ex boyfriend from high school. Yeah. Like this, this ship has sailed until Harper does something about it. Yeah. One, she was just speaking, a pun- she was a punching bag the whole movie. I hated that. Speaking of the ex boyfriend, by the way, uh, Connor, I I liked his characterization. He's a minor character, but like I appreciated that. Like unlike say the Owen Wilson, the similar Owen Wilson character in Meet the Parents, like right. he's not like trying to get her back per se. Like he wouldn't mind, but like he's not he's not an asshole. I guess is what I'm saying. Like he just happens to be drawn into all of this and it's like they invited him over and like he was even kind of apologetic about that. And when he's like, I'd like to hang out with you. Like he's not, you know, he's not trying to fuck anybody over. He's just like, like I liked you and like I wouldn't mind hanging out with you. It's like it's her decision to do all that stuff. Like he like he's just like some dude. Um and I kind of appreciated that like he wasn't like the evil like ex-boyfriend yeah. who has to be like yeah. overcome so for me i think the, the the other thing that drove me crazy is like is 
honestly, like, is the fact that they that they got back together at the end, and the fact that they did it in such like a hand wavy way, where like Harper was awful, like like really awful, like um, like between finding out what she did to Riley in high school, um, and then and then there was the the moment at the end where like they're fighting and they and they come in and like Sloan outs her at the party. And, and in that moment, like her visceral reaction is like, no, I'm not gay. And like, and like Abby storms off and I'm, and, and like, um, this was like the rare, um, movie that Linda was watching with me. And she was just like, all right, so they're not getting back together. Right. Because like, they, they, they totally shouldn't. And I'm like, I agree. Like they absolutely should not at this point. Like that's like by then, like the movie had like, I was no longer rooting for that relationship. And so they would have had to do a bunch of work to get me back on board. And then, at the, and then all, basically what happens is she shows up and she's like, I'm sorry I hurt you. I promise I won't do it again. And Abby's just like, okay. And it's just like, no, movie, like you have not earned this moment. Like, I, Kristen I, Stewart, just go be with Aubrey Plaza. Like yes, you make a right. Couple. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Like, that's, that's, that's like what... Like I, I, there was a moment. Like I, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like even though I knew, a, even though I knew what kind of movie I was watching, I was like, maybe that's what they're going to do here because like they're just showing like Harper just being awful, and like irredeemably so. And then they, she, they don't even like really try to redeem her. She's just like, yeah, sorry, um, please forgive me. And it's like, ah, that's you know, you know, right. I, you, you haven't and, earned it. Yeah, and 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 like I said, like it's like. I recognize that the idea is that some of that behavior comes out of the fact that she is like pet terrified that everyone will find out that she's gay. And like, it's like this whole coming out thing, but like there are ways in which she is shitty that don't really scan from that. Like some of the stuff we've talked about, like, it's like, I I don't see any reason why she should have been so shitty to her when she was hanging out with her friends, for instance, like, you know, it's like, she's still your friend. Like, like, I mean, she's more than that, but she's still your friend. Like, why can't you just like be the way you would be with a friend and like introduce her to your other friends and like actually like hang out with her. Like she kept saying she wanted to hang out with her and then like not hanging out with her. Like that happens like five times in the movie where she's like, can we hang out after this? Can we do this after that? And then like, she like ditches her like over and over again to like go help her dad or like to go hang out with Connor or whatever. And then has the nerve to get mad at her for hanging out with, when she finds out she was hanging out with Riley. Right. Which, which I have to say, like, Abby did a great job defending herself and just like, Abby has nothing to do with this. Like, this is a conversation between you and I, like, right. Um, which I, which I, which I really liked, um, um, the way they handled that. But like, yeah, she, she yeah, like she, she's real shitty. Harper's real shitty throughout this movie. Yeah. Yeah, and like, uh, I, and 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 I think they like, like, like I mentioned earlier that like y- you kind of understand her justification because she's so afraid of being cut off from her parents. Um, but that's like that's her justification for not telling them. That's not a justification for being a shitbag about it, right? Right. Like, right. Those are two different things. Like you can be scared to tell your parents. Um, like you can be scared to, to you know come out to your parents. That doesn't mean you have to treat your partner like, you know, like a, like the like the way she treated her. Um, yeah, and it, and it just seems like to me it all comes down to like just 
I recognize again that these characters are younger than us and and probably meant to be less mature as well. Although you know you're not necessarily less mature just because you're younger, but I think both of them are, and especially Harper. Um, but like, just just be honest. Like just like before you get in that car, just say like, look. I invited you on this thing because it was like such a nice, the, the stuff she said in the car, which is like, it was a nice day. And I just like, didn't want you to spend Christmas alone. But like, here's the truth. Like, I think that it might be kind of shitty. Like I'm like, have some self-awareness, you know, and kind of be like, I'm, I can be a different person around my family. And also like, they have no idea I'm gay. And like, I know, like I told you that they did, but they don't. And like, I, I plan to tell them like over the holidays, but like, I, I like, I think this won't be fair to you. Like, it's like, you know, just, just be adult about it. Like have that conversation. It, it, yeah. it, I, I feel like at the point you don't do that, like you are, you're already like fairly ir- irredeemably shitty putting your like significant other into the situation that she does. You, you talk about like, you talk about, you know, being older than the characters and that hit home for me in a very significant way, which is like the end, the reckoning scene where all were the daughters are coming clean with their parents about everything and right. being like, this is the deal. And like, this is why we're doing this. Like, and, and, um, there's, and there's, and, and like Mary Steenberg and Victor Garber is kind of standing there and they're, and like, they kind of, everybody kind of lays it all on the table, by the way, like, um, Jane won like major, major, major points in my book where she's just like, I don't have any secrets, but I'm an ally oh, to I- you guys. And like, that was like, fucking choice um but um like i in that moment like i didn't find myself being like yeah like like being on the side of the kids being like yeah that's like you tell them i found myself being on the side of the parents and like what it must feel like to have that revelation of like oh my god like we fucked this is how badly we fucked up our kids um that they felt like that they felt like this is what they needed to do um and like in that moment like i didn't i would say like I think I'm choosing my words correctly. Like I didn't sympathize with the parents, but I empathize with them. Like I understand, yeah. like I, I felt like, like, Oh man, that's, uh, that's just like, oh, that's dude, just gotta like, be like a ton of bricks falling on you as a parent to be like, Oh my God, like what did I do to my kids? Like, that's just gotta be right. As, as I mean, we're all parents. It's like kind of the nightmare scenario that we hope <laughs> never comes to pass that our parents, that our kids don't come to us and be like, you fucked me up. Like I hate you. Like, I yeah. constantly am worried that that's going to happen someday. I don't I, I assume, I just assume that's like a normal parent worry, but like probably I can think, I can think of the mil- especially as a 20 year old kid in my mid twenties, I can think of all the millions of things I blame my parents for before actually growing up. I'm not saying that's what happened in this movie. Right. Um, but, but, um, and then somewhere in my thirties realizing like, well, I mean, they had me when they were like 24 and 22. So when I was like four, like they were still in their twenties. They like didn't know anything about anything yet. They were still figuring shit out, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. No, I'm, absolutely. I'm, I'm constantly worried about like all the dumb things I'm doing now. You find out in 30 years from now, like more than 20 minutes of screen time makes your kids borderline whatever, you know? I'm like, yeah. damn it. Um, yeah. And, and, and they have that scene afterwards where Mary Steenburn goes to talk to Victor Garber and like, you know, she's playing a sh- with like a shitty person, but like she is really good in that scene. Yeah. She's really good in that scene. And I feel like. She's, 
the way she vocalizes kind of like what you just said, like their realization of kind of like where they really actually stand as, as parents kind of is, is very well done. And like, and the way she kind of says that is, is very good. Yeah. The scene I was expecting after that, which I'm frankly, I'm still shocked we didn't get was the scene where, Mary Steenberg, I forget her character's name, where she goes to (laughs) Tipper, yeah, where she basically goes to Abby and apologizes. um, Right. Which is something like I honestly like was shocked that didn't happen. Like I knew that the Victor Garber character wasn't going to do that, but I thought, you know, like, like, again, this is more to my point. Like, what does Abby have? Like, what horses you have in this race if nobody's going to try and make amends other than I promise they won't hurt you again? Like this whole thing just didn't land for me. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, the assumption, I I guess, is that like a lot of that stuff happens off camera at the end, like the the family apologizing or being better to her. But it shouldn't have. I I agree. Like, I feel like you needed kind of more like like forgetting the whole Harper thing, like you said, like you needed the family and especially I would say the mom, like you said. Um, it's part to, of the formula. Even even in even in Meet the Parents, at some point De Niro like apologizes to Greg. Right. Yeah. So. So, yeah. Anything else uh, that we want to talk about with this movie before we uh, slap some grades on it? Mm, I just want to mention again how much chemistry Christian Stewart and Aubrey Plaza have together. Yes. <laughs> like that scene in the bar is amazing. Like That's those great. two are yeah. those two are awesome together in that scene. And I'm just like, I could I could have a whole movie of just this. Like this is great. Yeah. No. Uh, I mean something else to call out is um I don't know where this movie took place, where hometown was, but I felt like and maybe this is something to your previous point, Nish. Like they could have established the relationship better if they utilized the city of Pittsburgh a little better. But it wasn't even obvious that they were in Pittsburgh. I had to like spot some things behind them, or like whatever their previous life was before this trip. Like it was really tough to place where this couple was from and what made them who they were. Uh, I thought they were a little light on like backstory and, frankly, like the the city backdrop of where they live presently versus, you know, this hometown, wherever that was. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess um, the, the, the only other thing I want to say, sorry, I'll, I'll just say this quickly. The, the only other thing I want to say, cause we haven't really mentioned it and I don't necessarily want to make a big deal out of it, but um, a lot was made uh, when this movie was coming out of the fact that it's basically like a pretty normal romantic comedy, but it's queer. You know, it's, it's basically, it's, it's, it's a gay couple. And, and, um, you know, I did appreciate that, that it was a fairly normal movie. It's not that the gay doesn't come into place. It's obviously a major plot point because the whole reason she's, you know, she's not telling them is because she has to, she hasn't come out. And, you know, in the end they talk a lot about, you know, how just because she's afraid to come out doesn't mean she doesn't love you. Like those are kind of two different things. And, you know, all of that. And I think that's a good scene, that 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 scene between um, Dan Levy's character and, and Abby. Um, but um, but I did appreciate that, you know, that that feel to it, that it's like, yeah, this is just kind of your standard in, in a way kind of, you know, Christmas rom-com. And it just so happens that the main characters are a same sex, uh, same sex couple. Yeah, except, yes, I, I agree with you, though except for that scene, which I think is really good. Um, 
possibly the best scene in the movie where he's giving that speech where it's like, yeah. well, what was it like when you came out? And she's like, well, my parents said, I love you and I support you. And then he's like, well, this is what happened to me. And like, when everyone comes out, it's different. And there's like, it's like a big spectrum of things. And, you know, you just kind of have to accept that it's going to be different for everyone. And like that whole conversation that they had, like walking in the snow at night or whatever, like, um, like that, you know, that was a scene that you don't get in a straight rom-com <laughs> of this. And, Agreed. um, and, and I like the fact that they, they didn't shy away from it. And they're like, this is like, you know, this is something that, you know, um, LGBTQ people have to deal with that, you know, um, heterosexuals don't have to deal with. And, um, we're, we're not going to like hold your hand through it or do anything. Like, we're just going to lay it out there. And like, this is like the reality of the situation. And, and, and yeah, I, I, I really like that scene and that little speech that he gives. I think it's really good. It was yeah. the best scene in the movie, but again, it wasn't romantic nor comedy. It was just <laughs> straight, straight shooting. Um, and I didn't have a problem with it that it wasn't either of those things. I'm curious as a straight white dude, right? Um, how that scene plays for like, I think that there's like my gut said while watching it, I'm like, man, there's probably a ton of merit in this scene. Look, we all live in major me- metropolitan areas. So, and pretty liberal areas. Right. So this is not out of the norm for us. And I feel like that scene might actually um, educate quite a lot of people from a little more uh, r- rural areas where the LGBTQ community is, is um, a little more sparse. Yeah, it's, so. yeah, no, I, I agree. It's definitely, um, definitely possible. But yeah, that, that was the best scene of the movie um, to me by a long shot. Uh, kind of anything. Wait, is that Eugene Levy's kid, by the way? Yeah. 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 He's I the, mean, uh, the main, it looks just like him. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's like the main guy in Chits Creek or one of the main people and like uh, the co-writer. Yeah. Anyway, every scene he was in was phenomenal. The running fish, the running fish gag was, was really good. <laughs> Very really good. good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. The, and the scene that he was in where he was like talking about fitness stuff with, um, Harper's ex-boyfriend. And <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, what do you say? Like out? a thousand. <laughs> What do you bench? And he's like, I don't know, like a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That was legit. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. His um, scenes were all really good. And yeah, the, the other, I mean, we talked about it at the very beginning, but like the other, he was good, a likable character and it was yes. easy to like, really like him quite a lot. Cause everybody, it was easy to not like quite a lot. Right. But yeah, you're right. I mean, with him, he was, he was one funny, but two, he was obviously, he obviously cared very deeply for Abby and that came through very easily. In, in his performance and in the writing. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. I want to if um, kind of revise what you said, Nish, a little bit. Like you said that like it's 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 a movie that like kind of happens to have queerness at at, at its heart, but it's but I think that what they do with it is they um, it's not a gimmick, it's not a trick, it's not played for that's, laughs. That's that's kind of what I mean. Maybe maybe but that's it's also not... not but it's also not ignored, right? Like it right. is like the reality is is very acknowledged and and it's it's notable, like it's worth pointing out because it's such a rare thing to see <laughs> in so many things. And like this is I think like my um is going to be a, like a fairly mainstream movie at least as far as like a Hulu movie can be, but like, you know, like I've been hearing a lot about it yeah. um, since it's come out. So, um, so I think, yeah, I think that their, 
trail of that is 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 really good and like it's it's you know felt felt very true to life to me anyway by the way outside of my pretty rough review of this movie it, it is actually getting very positive reviews yeah yeah no it is generally um all right let's 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 get to our uh grades um we'll uh we'll, we'll do a bit of a sandwich here which is to say that uh I'll, I'll go first. We'll put Willie in the middle and we'll finish with Paul. So, um, so I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this a three out of five, but like, it's going to be a three out of five. That is like kind of more positive than three out of five sounds. If that, if that makes any more sense, like this movie has flaws that I can't ignore. And that's why I'm giving it a three out of five but I would definitely recommend this movie to anybody who likes these kinds of Christmas movies. Like, I think you'll really like it. Like it, 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 it has the stuff I think that's good about it is, is really, really winning, which is mainly like, I, I would say like the acting performances are pretty uniformly good. Um, but you know, <laughs> some of, some of the writing is stuff you really have to get past writing, meaning like the plotting is, is stuff that you really kind of just have to get past and just kind of shrug away. And I do feel like the fact that they that the core relationship at the center of it is like, kind of like, I don't quite understand why these two are so close. Um, given what we see in the movie is, is definitely a bit of a problem, but despite all that, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, and if, if, if I didn't have all these flaws that I kind of have to talk about, I'd probably give it a decent amount higher than three out of five. Willie. Hmm. Am I, is, are we just whole numbers or can I give halves? You can give halves. Yeah. So it's a one and a half. All right. This is definitely not even like a mediocre movie. It's it's bordering on shouldn't watch it. I definitely won't watch it again. I've kind of told you I don't I don't need to beat a dead horse. You you guys have made it obvious why I don't like this movie. Yes, you 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 uh, um you had messaged us midway through the movie and referred to it as a dumpster fire. So that, 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 that gave us a bit of a clue as to where you were. For what it's worth, the last 20 minutes were, were totally adequate, you know, and, and actually some areas that were like pretty good, but God, the first hour and 35 minutes, I was like, I don't like anything about this movie other than like a few short five second bips here and there. Yeah, no, that's, I, I can definitely see where you're coming from. Paul? Uh, yeah, I, I, I generally between, a, I think I'm at a three and a half on this movie, um, boring on the four. Like there's, I, I know we spent a lot of time like harping on the things that we didn't like, but there's for, for Harpering me, on the things <laughs> we didn't like. yeah, exactly. Um, but for me, like there's, there's several like good, you know, good performances, um, that really help. Um, and some really charming people in this movie that also really help. And I think that it's um, a it's it was really good to see um, like like the movie from this like a movie like this from this perspective, even though like it kind of sets up kind of a silly um, premise, but like it it ultimately like has some good things to say that I think it's that are important for a lot of people to hear. So hopefully. The, like the people who need to hear are the people who are the parents in this movie, um, in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, I, I thought, um, and, and, and I just generally like at a, at a surface level found the movie like pretty funny and, um, 
and a lot of parts, you know, pretty entertaining. So um, it's good. I, I will probably, well, it's on Hulu, so I can only watch it for like the next 26 days, but I will probably <laughs> end it, like, if I had the ability to watch it again, you know, like say next Christmas or something, I probably would. All right. I think, uh, I think we'll call it a day. <laughs> Talking about. Hey, can I make can I make a recommendation, Paul? Yeah, Bad Mom Santa was actually an awesome Christmas movie, and it was funny as fuck. What, what's it called? It was like Bad Mom Santa edition or some shit. So it's like it's like Bad Moms, like it's like the the Mila Kunis and Bad Kristen Moms Bell Christmas. There yeah. same cast. And yeah, okay. it was hysterical. Um, Bad Moms no, was pretty funny. I never saw it. Yeah. Um, I want I wanted to bring up one more thing really quick, um, which was in order to watch this movie, I signed up for a free 30 days of Hulu um, so I could watch it. And then I figured, well, I have a Hulu subscription now. Um, let's see what else is on there. Let's see what else is on. So the thing that was recommended to me incessantly, which I otherwise would not watch, was the Terminator Dark Fate movie. Okay. Um, so I watched that. Um, it's not even worth a mini flicks. I'm not even going to. Um, do that but the funny thing was i watched so i watched um happy season and the very next night i watched terminator dark fate and got all the way to the end of the movie and saw the credits and i said oh my god i did not recognize her at all now in my defense i have like some i don't want to use the term face blindness but i have some weird like face nearsightedness where like like i like famously like if if i'm watching a movie especially with like actors i don't really know that well if they like change their clothes in the next scene i have to be like who is that <laughs> it's like well that's the person from the from the previous scene it's like oh i didn't <laughs> recognize them okay um, dude but i am the opposite i am what they call a super recognizer i took a test and like i like they're, they're they have this like test you could take to see if because there's special jobs for this for people to like compare and try and pick people out of a crowd or whatever. And like the test, smoked it. The, the test is they just show Mackenzie Davis in different roles. <laughs> That's Mackenzie Davis. Is. Still Mackenzie I've Davis. Lo- <laughs> I've long hypothesized because people are always like, you're always running into people, you know, I'm like, I think people always run into people. They know they just don't recognize them as fast as me. That's totally possible. Like I, yeah. like I, I really didn't recognize her in both these roles. And, um, to I, be fair in, she does not like, I saw the um, trailer for Happiest Season, and it's like, oh, this is like cool, and had no idea that was Mackenzie Davis. And I and I like Mackenzie Davis. I've seen her in a lot of things. Um, she, she looks quite different in this movie. She is not blonde. She has these bangs. <laughs> like like it's like it is hard to tell that it's her at first. Yeah. So I thought th- I thought that was funny, but. <laughs> I had a little Mackenzie Davis marathon without realizing it. There you go. Just throw a number, throw a number for me on that Terminator movie because I've wanted to see it for a while. Um, that movie is probably that movie for me is a two. Okay. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen. It's better than Salvation. I haven't seen Genesis. Um, which is the one with Christian Bale? Salvation. Salvation. Okay. Um, but it 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 does some. Yeah, it does some really makes some really weird choices and clearly tries to kick reboot the franchise or kickstart the new franchise or whatever and and I don't think does a very good job of it. Um they they all make some weird choices after T2. Yeah. Like it was kind of the story was kind of told with that one and then That's that's what I'm going to say. It's like when are they going to like figure out that like this is not something that should be a franchise? <laughs> like how many how many failed 
Terminator movies can you do when it's just like, you know, it's like, just leave it at T2. Like, like, there, there, like, I understand why they think it would be a good franchise, but it apparently is not because they've tried to do this like five <laughs> times now. I, I actually don't think Terminator 3 is that terrible. Like, I no, think, I think not, not compared to everything is, that's come after it. Yeah. And I think the twist at the end, the twist at the end is legitimately good. Yeah. yeah. The, the movie itself is kind of eh, but the twist elevates it, I would say. So, um, well, I, I really want to spoil something in Dark Fate for you guys, but like it spoils. I, I don't care. All right, Spoil, well, spoilers, spoilers yeah, for yeah, anybody spoilers who wants for Dark to Fate. If you don't want to be spoiled, the the movie opens with um, another Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator. Like a couple weeks after T two, the movie opens. A couple oh, weeks after T two happens, I, I actually heard about this somehow. I saw it already been spoiled. Kills a CG Eddie Furlong. Um, and the whole spiel with the movie is that that Terminator, having finished his mission, just went and lived among humans and somehow grew a conscience and now feels bad for what he did um, and is and is sending Sarah Connor like he can somehow detect when Terminators are coming through time. So he sends Sarah Connor text messages and tells her where to intercept them so she can take them out. And that's like the like the big twist of how Arnold appears in this movie. And I'm just like, what? Like he's a, what, what like, he's a fucking machine. Are you kidding me with this right now? Like, can we, can we, can we get into this for a second? Like, I, yeah. I, I, I didn't mean to, but like, this is going to get into time travel shit, which I, I apologize in advance. Cause this is always the most tedious shit to get into. But if he kills John Connor, doesn't that, wouldn't that make him cease to exist? Because there's no need to, you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, he kills movies. John Connor, so John Connor doesn't exist. So there's nothing, there's no resistance. So why is he there? Like, like you know, you, you right. get what I'm saying. So yeah, well, yeah, I think and, and different movies handle that in different ways. Like, right, but you know, but T- Terminator definitely doesn't have the branched reality thing, or else like there would be no point in going back and killing John Connor or Sarah Connor in the first place. Well, that's true. <laughs> and the other thing that, that that happens that's again like for no good reason is like so so. Um, but ultimately like Sarah did it, like they stopped Skynet. Right. And what happens is this other thing called Legion comes up in the future and it makes, that's what kills, but but slightly different terminators. It doesn't make Arnold Schwarzenegger terminators. It makes Diego Luna terminators. Ah. Um, and it's just like either, either keep Skynet around, right. And have it like be inevitable or coming or whatever, or do something totally different, but don't be like, well, this thing, basically did the same thing, but in slightly different ways, but they still look like Terminators for no good reason, I guess, because that's what Terminators look like. Like it's just, it's just, they just made it messy and weird. And which is, yeah. which is basically what you could say about salvation. And from what I've heard, Genesis. Yeah, I think so. I <laughs> they think made so. it messy and weird. <laughs> yeah. But the de-aging got the, I have to admit the de-aging at the beginning looked really good. Um, yeah, de aging stuff has gotten pretty impressive at this point. Yeah, the I, Irishman was unreal. Yeah, I haven't that? seen that yet. No, not no, yet. I haven't. But I've I've heard that. Yeah, like exactly what you said that it that it looks really pretty awesome. It's a dense movie, very good. 
Anyway, now I have to figure out a way to watch Terminator Genesis because I am nothing if not a completionist. Oh, God. Good luck. I've heard that movie's awful. Me too, but... <laughs> uh, we should do a live uh, podcast to it. That, let's watch along. Let's watch along with that one. That is actually a good idea. That <laughs> is actually... <laughs> yeah. That's actually a really good idea, Willie. <laughs> yeah. All right. But that is not what we're going to do for the next... Uh, the next thing we'll, we'll we'll try to set that up pretty soon um for our next episode i believe what we're going to do is uh we're going to go back to the netflix well and we're going to watch a movie that came out i think a few months ago um the trial of the chicago seven which uh, has a great cast um is uh written by aaron sorkin who uh some of us have loved for many years um and so uh, i'm looking forward to it trial of the chicago seven it's Bring been on, on the my list for talks. quite some time, man. I've, I've wanted to watch it for a while and interested to see how Sasha Baron Cohen does um, in a more traditional acting role. Yeah, exactly. Because I feel like I, I don't think I've ever seen him in any like I've seen him in roles where he's not like fucking Borat or whatever. But like even those are like somewhat comedic or you know, like in like like in Les Miserables or like in Sweeney Todd or like stuff like that. Talladega Nights. Yeah, Talladega Nights, obviously a comedic role. Yeah, I forgot about him in Talladega Nights. Wasn't he? Um, he was in one of the cartoons, right? He was like uh, a lemur in one of the cartoons. Oh he? yeah, Madagascar. In Madagascar. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that too. Yeah. Wow, you were quite the uh, Sasha Baron Cohen scholar. I'm a fan. Yeah, I, I I like him a lot actually. Is um is Josh Malin in this one? Good question. He's got to be, right? No. You would think, but uh, there's no credit for him in it. Wow, he ended up playing the president on Big Bang Theory? Must be the president of the university. (laughs) Not the actual president. Yeah, yeah. Probably not, right? I don't know why the actual president would figure into Big Bang Theory. Not that I know much of anything about Big Bang Theory. Yeah, maybe that show gets real weird. Yeah, I guess it's possible. All right. <laughs> I want to end every show like that. <laughs> just, just a long pause and then. All right. <laughs> that'll that that'll be our patented sign off. 